Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Great, Hebrews 13, if you've got a Bible. Um, it was the. We're looking at the last words that the writer to the Hebrew leaves with the church as he. Um, signs off, or she, allegedly, signs off from their letter. And uh, so we're looking at Hebrews 13, the last chapter um, there. So, over the last period, we've been looking at the book of Hebrews. You could be forgiven sometimes, as you read the book of Hebrews, to think, what on earth does that have to do with me? Yeah? Because none of us, as far as I know, of being involved in animal sacrifice or temple worship or uh, taking part in things like that. That's not been our story. If you just think that, you kind of miss the point of Hebrews, really, because the book of Hebrews, what it's, what it's reminding God's people about is that stuff, tradition, um, things that we have kind of get used to doing in our Christian lives, like they aren't enough, yeah? Jesus is enough. We might not have temple worship or animal sacrifice, but we could, you could become so reliant on this gathering to be your expression of spirituality that you miss the fact that actually it's not about this, it's about Jesus, and it's about what Jesus has done. And so the writer to the Hebrews, he's writing to a bunch of people that had, that had learned to rely on ritual and sacrifice and tradition. And the writer of the Hebrews, he's writing them to remind them that, listen, you can't rely on stuff, on church stuff, on church programs. Okay, those things can serve us, but the important thing that the writer to the Hebrews reminds us it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus and what Jesus has done. Like, the other stuff can help, it reminds us, but ultimately, it's about Jesus. Jesus is enough. And so, in the book of Hebrews, there's been some themes over the last weeks that we've enjoyed. Jesus being our great high priest. Jesus fulfilling the day of atonement. Jesus giving us complete access to God. This service doesn't give you access to God. This pastor doesn't give you access to God. Even your good works don't give you access to God. Jesus gives you access to God. And also Sarah spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about Jesus's humanity, that Jesus was fully man and he was fully God. The theological term is hypostatic union. And Jesus chose to take on humanity so that, so that he could identify with us. And the Bible says that he was tempted in all ways like we are. But yet, because of who he is, he did not sin. But when we have weaknesses in our lives, we must never think that God does not understand. Like God does understand. And he wants to help us. He doesn't want to condemn us. So, Hebrews 13 the writer of the book of Hebrews, what they begin to do is they begin to wrap up what they've been writing to the church about, yeah? 
And uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to wrap up what we've been doing in, in, this, in this series. And what, what the writer to the Hebrew, Hebrews does is he begins to address the church and remind them of things that they should be doing if they are insiders, if they are followers of Jesus. I went to a football match recently. It was um, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. And so I was in a particular section where sometimes you can have the opposing supporters sitting next to you. It's like the posh seats, yeah? So my mate takes me in the posh seats and uh, that's where we go. So we were sat there. It was a night game. It was a Champions League game. Like, I think, I can't remember what the score was. I think we were 1-0 down or 2-0 down. Two, yeah, we were 2-0 down already over the two legs. And then um, sat next to me were two Real Madrid fans. I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. I thought, number one, I thought, it doesn't matter. They're not going to score. So there's not going to be any confrontation, yeah, because I'll be kind and generous. And number two, I thought, surely they'll respect that they're in the Chelsea end and that when you're in the Chelsea end, you remember that if you've got the opposing team's colours on, you're an outsider. So if your team scores or you win, you better shut up and show some respect to the home team. Well, how wrong I was, yeah? How wrong I was. Real Madrid scored at least twice on that particular evening. And there was, oh, I was going to say a scuffle. It wasn't a scuffle. It was a kerfuffle, yeah? There was a little kerfuffle that went on. And... Uh, I was, I was totally sanctified through it all. But what happened was, it, can you believe it? The outsiders, when they scored, they stood up and they went, yes, like that. And so all of us Chelsea fans, we were just a little bit irate. Well, I was shouting, sit down, sit down. And everyone's going, yeah, sit down. I said, show some respect, you know, um, because they didn't realize that they were outsiders. Like, we were the insiders. It's the Chelsea end. We're wearing our colors. They thought it was all right to come into our end and to act in a way that was disrespectful, really. And what Paul is saying in these last verses of the last chapter of Hebrews, he's saying, listen, Christians, life churches, you and me, if you're really insiders... There are certain ways that you will behave. There, there will be a fruitfulness that comes from your life that is obvious because you're insiders. And then towards the end of the chapter, he reminds the insiders, that's us, that we're not just to stay inside of our, our in, a, in a place of safety and comfort. But the writer to the Hebrews, he uses the example of Jesus going outside of the city gates and giving himself as a sacrifice. And the writer of the Hebrews says to us this evening, he says, just as Jesus went outside, we too, as insiders, we need to go outside. And, and, the, and, and that might mean there's a cost. The writer to the Hebrews, when we read the text in a moment, he'll say that we need to bear the disgrace just like Jesus did. And I know for, for in many contexts, following Jesus today is a costly thing. As soon as you say you're a Christian, there can be a sense that, first of all, people think we hate certain kinds of people. And that's difficult, isn't it? Because it's not true. We don't hate anyone. Yeah. But they're, they're, 
when we identify ourselves with Jesus, sometimes people kind of push back on us. They don't like what we stand for. And the writer to the Hebrews is saying to us this evening that actually, insiders, don't be surprised if that's the case. Because the gospel is offensive to people. People don't like the fact that actually, ultimately, we are accountable to a higher power. We're accountable to God. Man, woman, we can't just do as we please. There will be a day where we have to give an account of our lives to God. So let's read the text and then let's see what um, the writer to the... I'm dying to say Paul all the time, Paul, Paul, but it, it may well have been, it may well not have been. Um, that, that's not really the point of our conversation this evening. Good, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the Bible. Thank you that it, it, um, it shows us your character. It shows us the way that you've designed us to live in a way that's honoring to you. Lord, it challenges us. It sometimes can upset us. Sometimes it makes us feel a little uncomfortable. But Lord, as we read the Bible this evening, I pray that you'll speak to us. Maybe there might just be one area of our lives that as we talk this evening, you want to challenge us. You just want to poke us a little bit on it in order that we might honor you um, in a new way in our lives. Lord, will you help us to have hearts that are open to you to do that? And uh, Lord, thank you that your word is powerful and effective. And even as we read your word and agree with your word, Father, something happens in the spirit. And Lord, as we read your word, as we agree with your word this evening, Father, may your kingdom come and may your will be outworked in our lives. Amen. So this is what they write, okay? So this is, this is the last words to the church. Like sometimes... If you've got something important to say, you, you want your last words to count, they're, they're kind of significant things. It's not These aren't fillers now. These are things that the writer is coming to the church about, saying, hey, remember this. So this is, I'm going to read the first uh, uh, 19 verses. Okay, it's quite a chunky read, and then I will skip through. Okay? Um, keep, this is what he write, they write. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if yourselves were being, if, as, were as if yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals 
into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gates to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Some great words, some great instructions, some great challenge for us um, this evening. So what the writer is doing there, he's saying, listen, church, if you are a follower of Jesus, as an insider, these are the colors that you will wear. These are the things that will identify you. This is the fruit that should come from your life as a follower of Jesus. Here we go. First one is this. Insiders love insiders. There are five of these, all right. Insiders love insiders. Verse 1 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Love the community of believers. That's what the writer is saying. He's saying like the body of Christ, one of the colors that we should wear is that we show concern for one another. And in a busy life, in a busy church, in the busyness of what we are doing, we can forget some, sometimes to do this very simple thing, that we should first of all, as insiders, be caring for one another. Jesus is an example of some, someone who knew what it was to love others. And in John chapter 13, Jesus gives a new command to his followers. And this is what he says. He doesn't just say that we should love one another. What he, what he reminds the church is this. He says, as I have loved you, so you should love one another. And that is a high bar for all of us this evening as followers of Jesus. For me to love you as Jesus has loved me and for you to love me as Jesus has loved you is a high bar. It's a challenge. And I think the thing that comes from that this evening, the prayer that I have is, Lord, will you show me how, how I, as an insider, can love the insiders? It's a high bar. But the writer to the Hebrews understood, understands that this is important. And as they kick off chapter 13, it's the first thing they say to the church. Listen, it's been, they've been through 12 chapters of deep theological detail about the Old Testament, about what they used to do, about the New Covenant, about comparing Jesus and Moses. And after they've done all of that, they come to chapter 13 and they state the obvious. 
Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Okay, so listen, if you're an insider tonight, an evidence that you're an insider is that you love insiders. Second thing they say is insiders serve outsiders. The literal translation of that verse 2 where the writer says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers is forget not the love of strangers. And something that needs to mark us as the church out is that we, in a peculiar way, peculiar being a good thing, yeah, oddness, but something that brings fruit, that we know what it is to love the stranger, to care for the stranger. When, when, we, when we love an insider, there can be a sense that we can get something from that as well. Because I reckon that if I... If I show a certain amount of brotherly love to, to Brother Andy Wright over there, guess what? He'll probably show, if he's got an ounce of self-awareness, he'll show, he'll show an amount of brotherly love back to me, yeah? But when we love a stranger, like, that's, that's kind of different because when we love a stranger, what we're doing is we're giving into something where knowing that we might actually not get anything back. And... We need to understand that in our context, in our town, at the, the, the makeup in terms of eth ethnicity across our town has changed tremendously over the last three or four years, yeah? Like, particularly in terms of Ukrainians coming to the town, Hong Kongers coming to the town, Iranians coming to the town, Syrians coming to the town. More than ever, there is an opportunity for the church to show our colors to show the love of Christ to people who are in a really vulnerable position. And so the writer to the Hebrews encourages us and says that one of the marks, one of the ways that you and me can show our colors is that when the stranger comes across our path, that we serve them hospitality, have a generous attitude towards them. Third thing we see is that the writer says that insiders should remember those inside. In verse 3, they, the, the writer says, continue to remember those in prison. Now, in the context that this was written, what, what was happening was that the church was being persecuted. They were having a tough time. People were going to prison for their faith. They were paying a great cost. And there is a sense that sitting... In a, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful church building amongst good people um, on a sunny evening in Lim, you can almost think, what on earth does that have to do with us? That's because what we do is we look at the scripture. It's not our fault, we do. We look at the scripture through the lens of our experience. The fact is this, Life Church, that across the world this evening, there are thousands of brothers and sisters who are paying a tremendous cost for following Jesus. And if we forget that, what we do is we neglect God's word. Because when the writer to the Hebrews writes to the church, he's saying to them, he's not saying to them, just remember the ones up the road, or, you know, if there was a limb prison, I can't imagine there'd ever be a prison in limb, but remember those in limb prison just up the road there, or, or remember those in Warrington prison, yeah? He's not saying that. He's saying, remember those in prison, and, he's, and he says that what we need to do 
is we need to identify with them and empathize as if we were with them. What we need to do is we need to see the scripture, verse 3, not through the lens of our experience, but through the lens of the Christian church across the world today. And these are the facts that in 2020, there were 260 million Christians across the world that faced high or extreme persecution. That's what Open Doors say. 260 million of our brothers and sisters faced extreme persecution. And Open Doors tell us also in 2019, that's just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, statistics tell us that 2,983 fellow brothers and sisters gave their lives for the sake of Christ. They were martyred. Because they were Christians, they lost their lives. And so when we begin to look through the scriptures of the lens of the church internationally, we can understand this verse begins to make sense to us. The writer says, continue to remember those in prison. And in an international world, it's, it, it, it can be quite easy to forget about those things, but there are organizations that do seek to serve those people. And so we need to be more aware of that life, church. We need to take time to pray. If we don't know what to pray, we need to skill up. We need to use the internet. We need to investigate organizations like Open Doors that serve our brothers and sisters. There needs to be a degree of empathy. One thing that I do is, when I do think about these things, is I think about a 50-something pastor living in one of these countries with a wife and children that's seeking to lead a church. And what it helps me to do is to empathize with their situation and to pray for them. And uh, you're probably not a 50-something pastor. You're a 30-something this or a 50-something that or, or, or whatever it is that you are. Empathize with the Christians, brothers and sisters that are in a similar situation to you. The writer says, remember them as if you were together with them in prison. Yeah, Because, listen, Life Church, if we're followers of Jesus, one of the colors that we wear is that we remember those inside. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to do that. Help us to do that, Lord. Lord, don't let us, don't let us neglect that. Lord, I pray that there'll be just a sense of your Holy Spirit reminding us to pray. Lord, if we were in their situation, we would be so encouraged if people were praying for us. And so, Lord, we commit to do that, to pray for those who are in prison, to remember them. Fourth thing, insiders honor the marriage bed. The, the New Century Version says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Last month, I had the privilege of going to an Assemblies of God training day on sexuality. And it was good. It was great that the church is um, the church, the denomination that we belong to, Assemblies of God, I believe that um, their language was helpful, their language was not unkind, their language was one of seeking to respond in grace and truth to the challenges that sexuality brings to culture and the way that it seeks to impact the church as well. Um, one thing that I particularly took away from my time there is that singleness and celibacy 
are things to be celebrated and honoured. Like if you're a single person here tonight, whether you're kind of a younger person or you find yourself single later on in life, if you are choosing to be celibate at this time, like we honour you this evening for seeking to do and to seeking to live your life in line with scripture in terms of your sexuality. And as insiders this evening, Life Church, we take our lead from scripture. We take our lead from the Bible. We have to. Otherwise, what we are, what we are instigating is people's opinions. And the right to the Hebrews, when they say, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage, what they're saying is, listen, remember that we take the lead in terms of our sexuality from Scripture and what the Bible says. And whenever anyone asks me about what do I believe on issues around sexuality, I always say to them, I take my lead from Scripture, I take my lead from the Bible. And it's good to do that. It's interesting, when we spoke about Jesus on the Emmaus Road, um, kind of five or six weeks ago now, you'll remember one thing that we spoke about was the fact that the resurrected Saviour stood with those two disciples as they walked those seven miles from Jerusalem um, to Emmaus, really in a place of disappointment, yeah? And Jesus at any time could have gone, da-da, like I'm here, and this is me, you don't need to worry anymore. But he doesn't. What he chooses to do, the Bible says that Jesus went back through the Scripture and outlined and showed them that these things that had happened in Jerusalem needed to happen in order for the prophets um, to be fulfilled and in order for the plan of God's redemption to be worked out. He didn't do a da-da. What he did is he relied on Scripture. And I think we too, as we seek to tackle these challenging things, we do it with kindness. Our vocabulary needs to be, it needs to be done carefully. But we need to understand that ultimately we take our lead from Scripture. And what did Jesus say in the Gospels? He affirmed the biblical account in Genesis chapter 2 where Jesus says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. We take our lead from Jesus. We take our lead from Scripture. And so... The writer of the Hebrews says, insiders honour the marriage bed. It's something that marks us out, Life Church, yeah? It's something that makes us different. It's not something that we bash people with. We don't go to bash anyone. But when we're asked, we need to be clear about what we believe the Bible teaches. But neither do we try and... You can't make people do anything, all right? You just can't do it. It's not the gospel way, actually. The invitation from Jesus is follow me, yeah? But, but So, you know, we are not into offending anyone. I ain't going out to offend anyone. I'm not into offending people. But I, but I simply think it's important that the church can express their biblical view when asked. It's interesting, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12. He says this, he says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Isn't that interesting? So we, I think we, the great thing about that day on sexuality is it was really talking about 
leadership, like leadership in the assemblies of God, what the expectations are, yeah? Because you can't put expectations on people because people, people will do what they feel they want to do. But when people ask us what we believe, we take our lead from Scripture. Right, so insiders honor the marriage bed. Final one, insiders are content. Verse 6, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content. We hear a lot about money and inflation soaring, cost of living going up, um, people striking. It's an interesting thing. Some, it, it's not been discussed more recently, but should a Christian strike? If you strike, are you showing that you're discontented with your level of pay? You have to be a little bit careful if you follow on through too much, because also Paul says in 1 Timothy 5.18 that the worker is worthy of his wages as well, yeah? So we understand that. But it's, it, what I'm trying to say to us tonight, as followers of Jesus, when it comes to money, it is good from time to time to consider what the position of our heart is about our money. Good thing to do that. And a good measure of whether um, you're, you, are, you are ruling your money or your money is ruling you is really like what you use your money for. Because Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And um, if, if a good exercise occasionally is to look at your bank statement and actually look at all, you know, all those, all those, um, all those entries that go out of your bank every month, yeah? Three direct debits for the cats, yeah? Marmalade, $14.99. Calamity Jane, $14.99. Pebbles, $14.99. We've got two more months to go on that one, and then it's finished. If there's something wrong with them, they'll have to talk to the Lord about it, yeah? <laughs> but, but... But sometimes it's good to look at your bank statement to see what you like. So, okay, we're in Our heart is toward three cats to the tune of 45 pounds a month, yeah? And you'll see that your heart is towards your supermarket and your heart is towards your mortgage, yeah? And your heart is towards your heating bill and your council tax. And your heart is towards whichever store you like to buy things from from time to time. And those things are all okay, but what else is your heart towards, Yeah? Is your heart towards things that you give to outside of yourself, yeah? And I'm not only talking about the church, by the way. I'm talking about any, anything that serves the poor in our world, yeah? That is a great way to invest. Invest where your, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. And he says to them, and I'll finish because I've preached far too long tonight, yeah? He says this to them. He says, listen... Be content. You can afford to be content with what you have and to use what you have will, uh, well because the Bible says, he quotes it, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So if ever there's a sense that, oh Lord, I'm not happy about this or I'm not, I'm not quite content with how this is going, like just remember those words. Remember the fact that God is as close as our skin, that he's with us all the time. Even as, you know, we step into a bit of a holiday season, you know, um, people are going away and, and uh, half term's coming up. You know, just because we might be out of the rhythm of doing certain things like life groups or church or whatever, listen, yeah, Jesus is with you as close as your skin. Like, never will he leave you, never will he forsake you. Just 
try and be just aware of him being with you and listen to his voice. It's not always about having a one-hour quiet time. Sometimes it's just capturing the moment, just saying, Jesus, thank you that you're with me now. Lord, thank you that you'll never leave me or forsake me. Lord, thank you that I don't need to be fearful or afraid. Whatever life might throw at me, because I belong to you, my eternal destiny is safe in what you've done. And that, listen, as we say those words to ourselves, there should be a contentment that just settles upon our lives. Because actually, we have something that no, no amount of money could ever buy. Like, listen, Life Church this evening, like, we are rich beyond measure, yeah? We have experienced the love of God in our lives. We have forgiveness of sin. The Bible says how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Just allow those words to give your life some context every now and then. And then the final part is this thing where the writer of the Hebrews says, listen, don't stay where you are. Go to the outsider. Just as Jesus went outside the camp, we are called also to go outside of the camp. And then also he reminds them that they're aliens in this world. He says in verse 14, we are looking for a city that is to come. His final words are reminding the church, listen, as good as this might be for us, like this isn't the end. Heaven is our home. Like, don't settle too much. Make an impact. Let the kingdom of God come well. Love your husband. Love your wife. Love your family. Bring your kids up as best you can following Jesus. But ultimately, it's not about this world. It's about the world that's to come. He reminds them about that in chapter 11, chapter 12. He talks about the city of the living God, the Jerusalem that is to come. And my final thought is this, that Jesus is absolutely dependable. And this is what I want you to take this thought into this next kind of half-term season, yeah? Just remember this, when you're having a good day, when you're having a bad day, when things, when things don't seem to maybe click as much as you would like them to, maybe sometimes when you're a little bit down, just remember that Jesus is absolutely dependable. The writer to Hebrews in verse 8 says these words, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same, yesterday and today and forever. In all that life throws at us, Jesus is dependable. We have an enduring city and our lives are safe in his hands. Life Church, as insiders... We have much to celebrate, yeah? Let's, let's seek to do these things that the writer encourages us to do. And let's enjoy the benefits of what it means to be an insider. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.